It's the success line. This is the place where achievers come to get advice on how to solve business problems and unlock their true potential. Every week, a new listener of the show sits down with success coaching director Ben Fairfield to talk through a roadblock and learn a lesson. Now here he is, Ben Fairfield. Hey everyone, welcome to the Success Line. Your coach Ben Fairfield here, and I'm excited. We're joined today by Miss Lisa Parento. Lisa, good to see you. So great to see you, Ben. It's always great to spend some time with you, and and certainly with Success and Success Line. I've thoroughly enjoyed these podcasts, uh, every one of them, for sure. Well, I love it. I know this one's going to be uh, amazing as well. Uh, again, as usual, I don't know the question where the topic we're going to cover, uh, but we'll get to that because I like to do it on the spot. So let's first start uh, with sharing with the audience, who is Lisa? Uh, where are you? What's your backstory? And uh, what brought you here today? All right. Absolutely. So uh, Lisa Parento, I am a broker associate realtor on beautiful Cape Cod in Massachusetts and uh, been in real estate for a super long time. It looks like I've been a realtor since 1993. I got my license in 93, sold until 98, back in the days when we had the books that we Xeroxed and <laughs> there were only seller agents and we and the interest rates were about 13, 14% and we thought life was fabulous. You know, uh, It was really my first career uh, when I had young children and I, I thought, this is great. I can make some money and look at people's closets and this is, a, this is fantastic. <laughs> So uh, that career kind of morphed into technology sales. Um, I'm a salesperson, so deep down there's a there's there's a, there's a, there's someone who's always looking for a bell to ring somewhere, and that has continued to drive kind of you know who I am and what I do. But my my career morphed into technology sales for a very long time. Um, I sold uh, internet, I sold a fixed wireless network, like things you would not assume I would be doing. I always had great engineers, um, but I could get a meeting and still can with almost anyone. So. That was a great career for me, um, but then I've been back in real estate now since uh, 2015. So it's um, about seven years, and you know it's kind of fabulous that I started here and I'm uh, going to be winding down here. So um, mm-hmm. I love real estate. I love selling homes. I love the. I love. I love realtors. I love the realtor family. I love getting dressed up and driving fancy cars and going to conferences. It's a, it's a lot of hard work though, but I really love everything about real estate and being a realtor. That's awesome. Okay. So, uh, so sales background, real estate and other things, but, but sales background, that's, that's who you are. Uh, you also are a certified, uh, coach through success coaching, which is exciting. I am. Um, and really so, exciting. so you, you obviously have a heart to impact people. You want to, uh, you wanted to level up your ability to to lead people. So uh, all that being said, um, that's, that's where you've come from. What brings you here today and what are we going to tackle together? So yeah, actually, what brings me here today is, uh, and I'm hoping this will be. I'm, I'm really looking for some some real guidance from you, and I don't know if there's any specific answers. But the other piece of who I am today is also a mom of four boys, a wife, and a new glamma, which is really, um, you know, honest to God, it's exactly what everybody says it is. You just cannot describe it. You know, there's parts of your heart that you did not know existed. Um, I lost my mom this last year, so just been amazing to sort of have that also be part of of who I am and, and how I walk in the world. So so the, so my issue is that you know my my question and my issue and what I want to talk to you about is when you are and we learned through Dr. Abelson's work, you know, when you are a high D but also a very high I, everything is a good idea. <laughs> right? And how do we continue as our life changes, as our 
you know, as our priorities shift and within my business, it has as well. And we can talk about that if you want. How, how do you begin to say no? Mm. Mm. Uh, I love what Rory Vaden talks about with them, with the time multipliers and like that whole kind of piece of, 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 of leadership and decision-making, right? It's all about the decisions that we can make. But part of me is that Tony Robbins, you know, always that don't let, you know, it's uh, that, that super high D go, 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 gotta be, you know, I, I need to hear that bell ring. I need an A plus plus. I've got to get 110 on every score, you know, <laughs> with, Hey, I just want to sit, you know, I, I realized one day I was sitting on the bottom step of my stairway with my granddaughter, Eloise, looking out the door. And we were just sitting, looking out the door. And we were looking at a bee on one of the flowers right outside the door. And it, and I almost, I probably did start crying. I cry easily. When I realized, like, I had not sat still and looked out the door at a bee mm. for like a few minutes, <laughs> maybe in decades, right? So there's that whole piece of like, as life is starting to change, and it doesn't have to be like my season, everyone's going through different seasons and needing to make different decisions about their time. And so I have started to try to learn around saying no to things. I'm a serial volunteer. I'm involved with, I'm, a, I'm on local, uh, of, you know, a lot of association stuff, local association, state association, national association. I'm the president of the New England region of RRC. I'm the guy, I'm just, you know, like this crazy serial volunteer in association work. And it's all a great idea. Love it. But <laughs> how do I start this process of saying no, knowing when to say no, knowing where to say no, knowing how to say no, mm. uh, and really be, being able to multiply, being able to make decisions today to say no, that will be able to multiply my time tomorrow. Absolutely. Wow. Okay. So, so this is a great topic <laughs> and this is a big one. Give me the answer uh, right now. Ben. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I, and I know that so many people listening have, have dealt with this or currently or regularly do deal with this, right? Because, uh, you know, it's the, it's the saying that the saying uh, yes to something great requires saying no to a lot of good things. And so then it really comes down to how, how in the heck do we actually make that happen? Cause it's one thing to understand that from a theory standpoint, right. it's another to actually have it practically applied in our day to day. So, um, so I, I love this topic because I, I was taught by uh, a mentor that who uh, let, let's just say has a lot of money, very successful um, in the billionaire category. And, and he told me a long time ago, he told me that that other people in his now there's always exceptions to the rule but but by and large the people it at his success level and above he said a lot of people from the outside looking in think that we got here because we said yes to the right things he said the majority of the time the people that reached that apex of success that level of success got there not because they said yes to things but it's because they said no to a lot of good things they said they knew what to say no to so they'd figured out how do I differentiate these two, and and again I, I don't purport to know the exact formula or that it's going to be the same for everyone, uh, but he has shared some ideas with me that I, I think are, are probably really relevant to this conversation and uh, that can help. So ultimately, I think the biggest key here is we have to look at it as a lens that we're going to look through, right? Because like like everyone has eyeballs, some of us have glasses, and each prescription's a little bit different, and so. So we need to figure out what the prescription is for, for ourselves that's going to allow us to see with 2020 vision. And what I mean by that is to see what we need to say no to so that we can e more easily identify what the things we need to say yes 
two are. So, so I know that it's going to seem kind of corny and cliche, but trust me on this and go with me if you would. I will. Um, what is your purpose? What, what gets you out of bed in the morning? Not talking about the hats that you wear at the JLB, but, but why are you here? So, and honestly, not to sound too crunchy granola, but um, a lot of my waking time um, is really, and an intentional time is really spent around trying to share a gift I have that is unwarranted in some ways. And that's my optimism and my sort of ebulence. I, um, I'm the, I am a silver lining no matter what it is. And, and this isn't, I can't take a lot of, I can take credit for understanding the importance of this. I can't take credit for it being part of my DNA. Um, I, so that piece of my, uh, of my life being able to bring, um, lightness and joy, uh, I've, I've been meditating for decades, um, that piece, and especially in either a family setting or in a real estate setting, both of which can be very stressful, <laughs> having that be a guiding, a guiding light. So I guess I would say my purpose is to, to continue to shine um, shine my light, shine light on others. That feels like a, like that feels that, yeah, that's probably. Okay. It. And so I, I don't I know love if I ever that. said it in that way. I don't know if I ever yeah. said it in that way though. <laughs> no, that, but that's, that's huge because that I, I lines up with what I know to be true of you. So, mm. so, so I, I think that's wonderful. And, and if you will entertain me with, let's go another level deep here. So, so it, the, to be optimistic and shine light and be that light for other people. Why is that important to you? Because I, I see a lot of people who don't who don't have that. I see a lot of folks who um, act react from um, from fear, from lack, and you know, as Tony says, it, you always have a choice, right? And 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 knowing that things are happening, as he also says, things are happening, you know, for me and not to me. So mm. I feel like. I see so many people that assume that they are stuck or victimized or don't or just or or not even but just don't know how to get from point A to point B. And so being able to have um that positive um outlook, that optimism, that belief that it's going to be okay. It's just that okay never looks like what we think okay is going to look like. Right. But it's going to be okay, you know, and and uh so I guess that's that would be my answer. So why is them knowing that it's okay important to you? Like it's one thing for you to know it, but why does it matter to you that other people get that same awareness? Uh, well, I guess I would say because I, I, I don't like to see people in, in discomfort and pain. Um, and sometimes people just don't, people don't seem to, to in, in, intuitively know that those are options for them, that those are possibilities. And so to be someone who could maybe open doors, and I can't pull you through that door. I can't push you through that door, but I could open it and and show you that that you know. Um, I just read a funny quote of Joan Rivers that she never she never she never didn't walk through a door that was open. And I thought, well, that's kind of dangerous, but it was interesting. <laughs> An interesting quote. <laughs> yeah. So she and she's referring to opportunity there, right? Yeah. So yeah. so what I'm hearing, and correct me if I'm wrong, but. But your your purpose, your driving um, force, if you will, is to help others see the opportunity and see what's good in the world versus what's bad or going wrong. 
Yeah. So, so it's really, it's really great now <laughs> because there's such a need for that. Uh, I guess it just totally, Absolutely. completely affirms every day kind of what, it, it, yeah. And, and I don't lose hope as much as, as, as I could, I guess, as much as many people have. Um, I really, I don't, I can't, how can we, you know? So yeah, that, that's, and again, it's just, I, I don't, I can't thank myself for that. It's just something that came in my DNA. I'm very okay. grateful for it. Very grateful for it. Okay, I love that. So, so obviously we've established what it is. We know there's a huge need for it, and so, so let's talk about these layers of filters um, that I was referring to earlier. So, the the way that this mentor taught me years ago was that that a lot of people think that there's this magic pill or formula that's going to automatically just make it easy for us to to know. And and what he taught me a long time ago was this is a process rather than an event. This is a this is a step by step thing, where we we really can test things because you you mentioned your behavior on the disc profile as a high D and a high I. Now um, that obviously brings with it very distinct um, natural tendencies. Yet anybody with any behavior on the disc profile is going to wrestle with this just in different ways and at different levels. And so uh, what we all need to know, you know, in order for us to maximize our impact, our um, our success, all of those things, because again, you know, like, like Zig Ziglar said that if you help enough other people get what they want, you'll always get what you want. So so success is 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 truly always on the heels of helping other people. And so if I want to become more successful, however I define it, I just need to go find more people to help. Right. And so, so in order to do that, though, it requires really good decision making on our part to begin separating what would be good versus what could be great, because time is a finite resource. It's the one thing we can't create more of. And so saying yes to a lot of good things, the reason that's so detrimental is because it takes us away and takes our time and focus and energy away from doing the one or two things uh, that really could move the needle or put us in a position to help the most people. So the first lens or the first question he taught me to really ask myself is, uh, does this fall in line with my purpose? Now, it's an easy question, uh, and it's not going to root out all of them. It may only root out a quarter of them, but it has to at least start there. Does this line up with my purpose? Well, somebody wants me to be on this board. Hey, that's a great organization. It's a great charity. That's wonderful. And it can be wonderful and not completely line up with my purpose, then that needs to be a no from me. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I have a girlfriend who says it needs to be hell yes. And and I and I, I hear that in my head, but um that's I guess again the the same along the same lines of what you're saying. You know, I have not evaluated all of the things that somehow I've made a commitment to today in February of 2022. And, and it's, it's, you know, gosh, I don't know. I just had a birthday. Um, you know, so may, you know, is it all those things that start to make you go, Hey, wait a minute. I need to, you know, what I need to make a change because, because also Eloise just turned two on Monday and like, mm. that's not going to be there forever. Right. Correct. Um, and, and you get such a set that that just gives you a different point of reference. Like yep. that's so profound for me and all those other, those other grandmas and grandpas out there, you know, it's a, it's a new frame of reference because you will not have this opportunity again. And suddenly they're going to be in kindergarten and then they're going to be driving, you know, yep. and, and you, and you just hear, where did the time go? You know, and I, I have to make decisions now that will be difficult so I can multiply that space next month, next year. And you just hit on something. So, so this entire process, what the way it was taught to me is called an impact audit. 
Mm. Because it's easy for us to fall into busyness. You touched on something there that, that I want to make sure we, we, we park on for a second, and it's this. What we know is, so based on your behavior, one of your, your leading behaviors is a high eye. That's the social person. That's the desire to be seen and, and appreciated and wanted by other people. And again, behavior is not good or bad. It just is. But we need to understand it, and so we can better understand ourselves. Here's two truths that we know, and anybody listening. Uh, we know that volunteerism for boards and organizations is very low as a percentage of the total population. That's why you see someone that's on one board, typically on two or three. Yeah. yeah. Right? Because they have they have a, a knack for helping. They have a desire to help. They, they have a, an understanding of how these things should work. And once one group sees somebody volunteer over there, they're going to go ask that person, hey, can you come? You've experienced this, right? Of course. So, so what we know is when someone is really good in their role being on a board or a volunteer with an organization at any level, we know that they are going to be targets for other, again, good organizations because not a, not a large majority of our population volunteers in those roles, unfortunately. So, so what he taught me was this impact audit. It doesn't mean that by saying no, that you're, it's a lack of vote of confidence for the organization or that you, you're in any way minimizing what they're about or what they're doing. It's you having to regularly, we, we get audited in our taxes. We should audit our calendar on a regular basis, yet very few actually do this impact audit. And so it doesn't mean that it's just on the front end of saying yes or no to things. It means continually because things ebb and flow, life changes, our interests change. Our passion and our purpose can can be modified or tweaked a little bit and can change. So what might have been right in line in a, in a green light from our impact audit two years ago may not be any longer. And so it's this ongoing thing, and he has me do it quarterly, really looking back at my wow. time. That's why I color code my calendar. That's why I block everything on my Google calendar, because now I can look back and see where was I spending my time. Because now I can look back. So the first question that, that we shared was, was this is in line with my passion and my purpose? The second question is, does this thing, and again, this can be a, a commitment, a volunteer opportunity, a board seat, or it can be a job, it can be a role that you play inside of a job, it could be anything. But does this thing, whatever it is we're evaluating in this audit, does this thing position me to maximize my purpose and passion? Because it's one thing to say, yes, it's in line. That's great. There's lots of things that are in line with all of our purpose and passions. Yet not all of them are going to allow you to maximize your purpose and passion. And when we put ourselves in the position to be maximized in our purpose and passion, we feel fulfilled. And a lot of times I've seen a lot of clients collect opportunities for volunteering and to be involved because they're seeking to fill that, that hole in their soul that, that is fulfillment. And they think by adding more roles and more boards and more things, they're going to they're gonna satiate that desire or that need. And the truth is, you don't need more. You need better ones. You need the right ones. And it doesn't mean the ones, again, that you have are bad. But are they, are they positioning you to maximize your passion and your purpose? Does that make sense? Yeah. And I, I love the fact that you suggest a much more regular audit because, you know, my own business model of uh, being a DXP Realty is also, go, for many of us, goes through a transformation. When you start to begin the process of stepping away from active production into growing and nurturing and, and feeding your revenue share organization, you know? So I've only been with the XP two years and the first year I was able to achieve icon in 11 months. And I just got my notification last Friday that I achieved it my second year. So I, I keep saying, you know, I, I keep saying, okay, I can sell real estate. I know I can do that. And I'm very, <laughs> you know, that, that, and it feels good and I know how to do it, but 
part of that audit, you know, what those, those things that support that and maximize that piece of my business are not the same things that are going to maximize my ability to be available for my revenue share organization and my granddaughter. And, mm-hmm. oh, I don't want to get divorced either. So there's that husband, my <laughs> husband who I love, who's amazingly supportive. You know, there's all those yeah. pieces, right? Yeah. So um, that's a shift too. So having, building in the discipline of a more frequent audit around that impact, you have to tell me how to do it though, um, is is great because the, that does change. It feels like it's changing. And it, it because I, my focus uh, and attention um, is, is needing to change. Well, and to Lisa, to your point too, one of the things I see a lot of times with clients is one of the reasons we can find ourselves in the spot of being incredibly busy yet not very productive uh, is because we're operating without a clarity on where we want to be three years and five years from today, mm-hmm. right? So if we're just operating in the now, that's okay, but how in the world could we possibly get to our destination if we haven't in our own mind figured out what that destination is? All of a sudden now, these audits are not effective if they're not based on where it is our desired outcome or destination is. And so that's part of it too. It's not one of the steps because it's assumed that you have that figured out, but I didn't want to not say something. Like we need to be very clear, You know, it, where are we in our, in our one year from today, three years today, and five years from today? Because that's the only way we can work it backwards and reverse engineer it to know specifically what that purpose is and that passion is and what will maximize you in that direction versus be just okay, but but not be moving you forward towards that goal. Yeah. Because a lot of people don't have a clue where they're going. Most people I talk to don't have a clue where they're going next year, much less five years from now. Yeah. And I, I mean, I do have a, a, I do have that, but there hasn't been the granularity that this kind of an impact audit on all of those activities, I think would allow. Um, and then, you know, in terms of production and real estate, just like who I am, that kicks up my competitive, you know, <laughs> kicks up all that competitive juice that that's not one of those things that's going to be a multiplier for me today. And, right. and I have to, I have to see that, you know, I go back to Tony's six human needs and that significance piece, right. That, you know, I, if, if that's still a driver, not good or bad, just there, mm-hmm. nothing's ever enough. Yeah. And what I would suggest that that you consider adding on there too. So um, early on, I was certified through the John Maxwell organization. I'm mm-hmm. still on his team, and um, you know, I learn I've learned a ton from him. Continued to still, but one thing that that he's talked about there, and he's this principle that he's taught is that that leaders reproduce who they are, and leaders multiply. So so as the leader of the business, um, who also has the high desire for significance. Well, again, based on where it is you want to go three years from now and five years from now, it doesn't mean, and I'm just using this as an example, it doesn't mean that your real estate sales organization needs to suffer. It doesn't mean that you're also going to be the one doing all the sales. What it could very well mean this year is that your purpose and passion in order to maximize that requires you to be in a position to find the next leader that takes over that spot that you were holding in that business. Right. And again, this is how it can ebb and flow. And this is why we need the frequent audits, because uh, some boards or some volunteer opportunities may put you into a target rich environment to assess and begin building a bench of the next generation leaders that can take your role 
that you want to move out of so that you can go over here and have a bigger impact in a different way. Uh, again, all of that comes down to there's no way I can really do an effective audit of my impact and what I'm saying yes to and what I should say no to without the clarity of knowing what is it that I'm actually looking for? What do I need mm -hmm. in this season? Yeah, no, I, I love, I love that. And I think, um, so tell me what are some of the steps to start to go through that audit? You know, what, like physically, what are the steps? Yeah. So, so I've, I've done this with, I just did, actually did this in Las Vegas the last couple of days with a client. So what, what we typically do, and this is, again, this is not a, a short process, right? So what I'm telling you is typically a two day, uh, like a retreat or a process, but anybody can do it. But it really starts with um, removing distractions and carving out time to really reflect. Because a lot of people want to just charge forward. Your, the high D in you is going to say just forward, forward, go, go, go. And that's, that's a beautiful thing about you, right? And that's, that's a wonderful trait in behavior. We all need that, that person inside of organizations. However, uh, what I've also found to be true for myself, because I'm very similar behavior to you, is that I often didn't take time or wasn't making time for reflection, and there is so much value and wisdom that we can learn by slowing down and taking time for reflection. Every Friday afternoon, I have an hour in my calendar where I do nothing but sit in what I call my thinking chair and I look back over the past week. What served me well? What didn't go as anticipated? And then I ask myself a couple of questions that my coach from years ago taught me. What do I need to do more of? What do I need to do less of? And what do we need to stop doing altogether? And so by, by taking the time weekly, I can then keep up on this to really understand how am I actually doing? And so uh, what we typically do to your question is we'll go offsite and, and they'll have done that for a while before we get there. And then in the offsite, then we go through a process of, of what we call the 135, and it's not a unique to us thing, uh, but really we start with five years out. Where do you want to be? And typically what we hear is, I want to sell this many, whatever I sell, houses, brooms, widgets, whatever. I want to make this much money. That's all great. And it's all garbage. Because what, what needs to happen and what we need to have clarity for all of this to actually make a difference is who do you need to become to get there? The sales are a lag indicator. They will happen as a result of who you become and the process and the journey you're going on to, to be the best that you can be. So, so while they're important, they're not the most important thing, yet for real estate and a lot of other salespeople, how are we taught for decades? We're taught set a goal of units, set a goal of dollar volume, set a goal of income, which again, yes, and let's, get, let's go a little bit deeper there. Like, why is that important? Well, it's important because that allows me to become this person. That's what we need. That's where this whole thing starts because now I can build a five-year plan on who I, who I choose to and need to become and everything else can we can work backwards. Everything else falls into place around that. Because now when I know clearly, with clarity, where I'm going in five years, meaning the destination of who Lisa is going to be in five years, now I can work it backwards with clarity and say, okay, this is a wonderful opportunity and it doesn't move me closer to becoming the person I need to become so mm -hmm. that I can have the impact I want to have. Does that make sense? It, it really does. You know, and I think I, I, I think like most of us, I think more about, you know, the achievements yep. in that five-year period. And, and I don't give myself enough time to think about who is that and what will I really be doing? I remember Coach Russ, I think it was, had me really visualize 
I, I don't, it was like a three. I think it was a three. Maybe it was a five. And the first time I did that, I just sat there weeping. I'll mm. get all teary-eyed now because I was somewhere with, with Eloise and we were baking and cooking in the kitchen. And then I walked into what was kind of like my office. Here's where I get all teary. And and there was a, a window seat in there. This doesn't exist. This is in my mind, the house. Sure. You know, a window seat there. And I envisioned myself just sitting in that window seat, reading a book. And I started to cry because that's so far from my reality to just be puttering around with my granddaughter and then walking into a room and sitting in a window seat, looking out the window with a book. And I remember thinking, oh my God, if this is making you cry, you have really, you need to reevaluate what's going on here. Um, because I have that push, 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 that voice from, you know, and then I gravitate to that kind of activity and that kind of leader. And, um, you know, I, I fill myself with all that. This year, I made a, a concerted effort. I have a great mentor yoga teacher named Elena Brower. We, she's one of what we call the yoga liberty. <laughs> I've known her for years. Uh, I've known her for many years. And she has a beautiful mentorship program and uh, beautiful. she's just an amazing being, uh, everything about her. So I committed to doing that this year. And I, I incorporate some of the work she does. She has these daily ceremony cards, like the card I pulled this morning was attention, interestingly. And I pull a card every morning and I, I, um, I meditate on that. And trying to purposely build in those softer, creative pieces I bought a bunch of watercolors. I've only done it for a little bit and I keep wanting to, I need like instruction. Like I'm there with, honest to God, I have a YouTube video trying to show me how to be creative and work on watercolors. And if I didn't have the video, I'd be like, might have a heart palpitation. Um, so, I, but I'm trying, like I know that that piece somehow artificially or naturally needs to get woven in that thinking time, that creative time, that reflective time. So artificial, so difficult for someone of my, characteristics um mm. and in this time and place and i think this process the one three five and the reflection um so go on with what what the next steps are with that well yeah so ultimately what i want to make sure we all hear on this too is that that you talked about achievement and, and again that it is absolutely mm. correct for most salespeople because that's how we've been taught uh, those that, that got training or those that just kind of figured it out, like our, our sales industry, regardless of what we're selling, has always taught achievement-focused goals, which, again, it isn't bad, but what we also know is that the endless pursuit of more leads to hollow and empty results. Like, it's and never, never enough, enough mm -hmm. because it's not tied to our fulfillment. It's not who we're becoming. And so... That's the pattern I attempt to break early with clients is achievement's great, but I promise you, once you have clarity over, over what you want, why you want it, and who you need to become in order to get there, the achievements show up almost effortlessly. They show up because it, you're on now a path that, that is directing you towards fulfillment. And that's how, I mean, this is where burnout happens. Mm -hmm. Burnout happens, especially with salespeople, when the, the focus is almost solely on achievement. Because that finish line just keeps moving. Well, I sold this many this year. I did this many, this much next. volume this year. Now, what's an old deck? I got to double it next year. And again, to some element, there's there's some healthy um, drive there. 
Yet that's what leads to burnout because we never have a finish line. We, we, it just keeps pushing. It keeps pushing. We think about running a marathon and they keep moving the damn finish line on you. I mean, that would be horrible. You're exhausted. You're right to the end. You want to run across and get the medal and they move it another hundred feet. And you're like, what the crap's going on? This is stupid. At some point you're going to quit running. That's burnout. Right. So this is why it's so important to really go through this process, take time to reflect, get clarity on, on what it is we want. Right now, to your example, you saw yourself really having downtime, time that you own and control versus being owned or controlled by someone else to, as a result, invest in who you choose to invest it with and in what you choose to invest it with. So I'm going to ask you, I'm going to put you on the spot here, what has to happen for that to become reality? Regardless of time frame, put time frame constraints out the window, but what has to happen in your world so that that is the reality that you see? I have to find a way to reinforce the reality of that downtime, the desirability, the reality. The only the only success I know now or the only thing that you know the 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 self-esteem kind of piece of that comes from the sales success and and I'm not only good heavens I mean you yeah. know there's lots of things we do in the world but in terms of of the of the you know eight eight working hours a day right um, I need to find a way to have more clarity and and validation about making those things okay and 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 part of of a good day versus like if I like if I'm like not doing something the only time I sit around is Sundays and football during football season that's yeah. like my I, I have a whole thing I have a place and I have the fire going I don't even know who's playing I don't even watch it half the time <laughs> but it's like my time I can sit on my duff and just have football on that's like that's it you know sure. a couple hours for a couple months a year <laughs> other sure. than that if I'm not if I'm not feeling productive then I, I, I'm, you know, so it's that push to be productive. So to somehow to feel, you know, to get into a place where feeling that comfort level in my own skin in downtime, that's what needs to change. So if you have the solution to that, sir. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, let's, let's dive in there a little bit because I, I don't know your organization structure or anything. So I, I truly, I'm not playing naive here. We, we don't, I don't know a lot of the, the setup. So if I, you know, if I'm asking something that, that you already have an answer to, then, then no problem. Um, what will give you the peace of mind to know that you can take more time for that purpose? Continuing to, and I, and, and the universe is good, continuing to allow people to come in. You know, I have a virtual assistant now. That's amazing. I have a transaction coordinator. I've got people locally. I just had a conversation this week with another gal who really wants, she's been around longer than me selling real estate and a broker, was a broker owner before she came onto my team. But, you know, uh, giving away, uh, giving away more of the responsi- responsibility in a sense, um, being able to take, and, I, and I'm not afraid to delegate. It's not that. I don't, I don't have to control everything. But finding the right people, as you said, that's a big key for me. So that would be something that, that's something I need to continue to, to work on. Because I'm okay with the way they do it isn't the way I do it. God bless. That's okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm really not in the ranks of perfectionists. I'm really not. 
It drives my husband crazy because he's a real perfectionist. So I'm like, that's clean enough. Let's go. <laughs> I'm not. So I, I'm happy to, you know, I've, I've been in volunteer management for long enough to be able sure. to accept. You can't be in volunteer management right. and not be able to accept the, the, the work of someone else. Sure. God bless. Let them, you know. Yep. So I just need to, that's a, that is something that I have not identified as, um, as a major next step. So thank okay. you for that. So one one quote I'll I'll share with you, and I don't know who to attribute it to, but it's one that uh, I tell myself often, and I have it in my journal to look at every single day. Is that everything you want in life is a relationship away? Mm. Everything. I, I don't care if it's personal, professional. Everything you want in life is a relationship away. And so, uh, to your point, and and I, I'm gonna. I'm going to share something and I, I don't, uh, I don't, there's no intention of, of anything other than help behind it. Um, but what I will, will say is, um, knowing that that's the truth, knowing we're a relationship away, understanding that that requires, um, us attracting people into our world. I, I've, I've, uh, by the industry standards recruited a lot of people like was, was one of the top recruiters at the last company I came from. So I, I, I know how to recruit and the difference is I never called it recruiting. It's attracting. Mm -hmm. That being said, based on that framework, just kind of give you the foundation from what I'm about to say and what I'm jumping off of here. That being said, I know that people I attract are going to, to be attracted to me because they want what I have. And what I'm going to lovingly give to you to really wrestle with is how many people are attracted to you if, they're, if they don't know you, they've never met you, but they just see how you are working and the time you spend in work, how many people are going to be attracted to that versus attracted to someone that is, is attempting to find balance and is carving mm -hmm. out time and, and is really modeling what they desire to everyone. Like all of a sudden now birds of a feather flock together, right? And so, so I may attract people based on your great sales record and all of these things. What I also have seen at least over the last 17 years is that most teams who attract based on high production have high turnover because their agents come in, they aren't modeled how to make balance of all of this, how to, how to preserve your relationships and your family while also succeeding at a high level here. It's not modeled because the person that owns the team hasn't figured that out. And as a result, people get burned out. They realize they can do the same with less time. They leave the team, they go do their own thing, which there's an element that's gonna happen of that all the time. But my point is, the question if I'm you, I would be asking myself mm. is, who do I have to become so that I attract the people I want? Because leadership always starts with us. That's the worst part of leadership. <laughs> you right? Maxwell talks about the law of the lid. My leadership lid as a leader inside of my organization or yours in your organization, no one will ever surpass that lid. We either keep people down or we are bringing them up. There, there is no in between. And so who do you have to be? Who do I have to be? Who does any leader listening to this have to be or become so that we attract the people we want? If we really believe we're just a relationship away, like everything is just a relationship away, every level of success we want, then the question has to be, who do I as a leader need to become so that I attract the people into my world that I need, which allows me to now take more control over my time, to step back from these things so that I can invest the time the way I choose versus uh, being uh, directed by my calendar and going wherever I have to go versus where I choose to go. Does that make sense? It absolutely does. And it's, it's scary. So it's scary to think about, because I mean, what I, what I'm hearing is I need to model more of that balance. 
need to model the importance of taking all of that thinking time. I need to model more of the creative time. And that is a little scary to me. That's a little scary to me. Um, but it's, it's a beautiful but I, opportunity. I love, yeah, I love what you have to say, though. You're right. I mean, you're right. I cannot, I cannot attract those folks. And some are, I do, I mean, there are some folks, you know, that, that, that I have that, that do understand that balance piece, but to be very mindful that that's what I need to be looking for versus someone who's only interested in, in high production, which is by default, what I would think. Of right? course, of course. It's, it's counterintuitive what we're talking mm-hmm. about. However, um, it is, it is the reason you see some teams, uh, or organizations have employees for a long time. And others that have them for a short time and are constantly churning people in and out. And, and no judgment, people, and there's different you know, extremes all the way along that spectrum. But the point being for me and my organization, and I'm assuming for you, I, I'd rather have people that are more in alignment with what I'm wanting to achieve uh, stay with me longer because all of a sudden now life is better for all of us. And I don't, I don't want to have this constant churn, yet it starts with me. And so going back to what we talked about as we're kind of bringing this all together, the the first step is really asking, is this in line with my purpose and passion? I, I hope that in our conversation, you've seen like how much bigger that purpose and passion really needs to be that lens that we're looking through to be able to answer that what seems like an insignificant question. And then if they pass that, that test, the second question or the next best question uh, is, does it put me on a path to maximize mm-hmm that purpose and passion. Because now, again, for your behavior, I'm guessing saying no is never going to become easy. Mm. You're always going to be like, oh, no, I can't. Like, it's always going to be like that. It's not going to feel good probably to say no. Yet when we have extreme clarity on everything we've talked about, it becomes a little bit easier. And so it comes down to the lenses we look through, right? So the way I have started it, and it's become more of a habit for me, so it's not nearly, it doesn't require as much conscious effort as it did when I started, for sure. Uh, what I can tell you is, I started looking at it and saying, if I'm saying yes to this, who am I saying no to? As soon as I associated that who, because mm. I'm taking time from something or someone, saying yes to one thing absolutely by default, laws of nature says that I'm taking time from someone or something else then. So when I begin to look at my time as an investment and that there's a there's a, a cost-benefit analysis or should be involved, all of a sudden now it made it a little bit easier because when I looked at it and said, if I say yes to this, it means I can't take the boys to karate. If I say yes to this, I can't go on date night. If I say yes to this, I can't go have coffee with a really good friend who really needs to have a conversation. Like when I put it in that perspective, all of a sudden it gets a little bit easier to say, you know what? I, I love it. I'll help you f- I'll help find somebody for you because I really believe in what it is you all do or what you, you know, what you're, you're supporting. It just, it's a no for me right now. It's not never, it's just right now I, I can't commit to it. Um, however, I'd love to be able to help you and support you in any other way that I could. I just can't give you my time. Yeah. And I love what you just said. It's a no for me. It's a no for me right now. That sort of gets everybody off the hook. You yeah, know. it's not never. Nothing's nothing mm-hmm. is forever. I, I don't believe in it for a moment that that uh, just like we're in sales. What do we teach people when they hear no? A lot of people curl up into the fetal position. Like doesn't mean it doesn't mean they hate you. It doesn't mean they're never doing something. It just means no right now. Okay, no big deal, right? So again, I, I think most of this, at least from my perspective, comes down to how we perceive it in our own minds is going to determine how it comes out in conversation with people and how it shows up actually practically applied in our lives. I love it. Thank you so much. So did that help? 
It absolutely did. I mean, I have some clarity now that I absolutely did not have. And, and especially around that, you know, who do I need to become to be there? And that I can't attract that unless, you know, I'm modeling that in some way. And you also gave me some real tangible steps about how I'm going to get there. And the comfort level of just the thinking time, I'll continue to work on that. I know everyone way smarter than me that they say that that's, you know, it's critical. It's critical. Um, It's to just have the thinking time and to feel good about that. Going against our natural behavior (laughs) to slow down long enough to look back versus constantly look forward. Yet it's it's been really rewarding for me and I know it will be for you. So Lisa, uh, I really, really, really appreciate you being here. I, th- I thought that was a, a wonderful question you brought. I know that it's going to resonate with a lot of people listening and I'm just grateful that, uh, that you shared your time with us. Well, thank you so much. It was an honor and a privilege and I, I really look forward to the next time our paths cross been. What an awesome and relevant question that Lisa brought here. Like, how do you begin to say no? How do we actually say no? Now, some people wrestle with this at a much deeper level than others. What I know to be true is that every human being has wrestled with this in the past. So so taking the time to be in reflection, taking the time to ask yourselves those questions of what went well, what didn't go as expected? What do I need to start doing? What do I need to do stop doing? What do I need to do less of? Like really spending time in reflection over the course of the past week or the course of the past month, but really asking yourself, how, how effective was I in where I invested my time? And then going through the impact audit that we talked about. Lots of things to say yes to, yet the, the most successful people that I shared from my mentor taught me a long time ago, the most successful people, they didn't get there because they said yes to things. They got there because they said no to most things. And by saying no to most things, it freed them up to be in a position to say yes to the few right things. So the first question was, is this in line with my passion and purpose? The second question, does saying yes to this put me on the path to maximize that purpose and passion? Now, the only way that matters, the only way you know that is when you really give credence to and thought to and time to uncovering what's most important. Where do you want to be three and five years from now? Not from an achievement standpoint, that, that will come later, but, but where do you want to be personally, professionally, skill set wise? Where do you want to be spending your time? What do you want to be doing? Who do you want to be interacting with? It's not until you have extreme clarity there that you can effectively reverse engineer it and work it backwards to more clearly now be able to say yes and no appropriately, knowing that you're on the right path. I trust this was beneficial. Thank you so much for being here. As always, if you want coaching just like this, this is for you. You can apply to be on the show. We'd love to have you and we'll see you next week. If you're interested in receiving free coaching on a future episode, go to success.com slash success line guest. This has been a success podcast. Head over to success.com slash podcasts to hear more just like it.